Starting right from the top with the number one story, Mina's back, baby. OT9. Hell yeah. She she said she wouldn't miss a Twice Lights Japan, and like MacArthur, kept that promise. Promise is kept, Mina. Comrade Mina, never disappoints. You know, I don't know if she'll stick around or if this is just a one-time thing. She also came back for the uh, once anniversary event. But you know what? Bernie Sanders won New Hampshire and Iowa. There's going to be a socialist president, and Mina's going to be the new center of twice. Don't stop believing. <laughs> I believe that we will win. Hell yeah. Solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> Not with labor, just with K-pop. <laughs> That's my new lib take. <laughs> They'll probably find that more palatable than any of Bernie's policies. I'm just happy it's young women of color being exploited by a hyper-negative capital system. <laughs> That's my woke take. But no, but Bernie won. He did. Bernie won New Hampshire. Won Iowa, won New Hampshire. I learned my lesson from Iowa, and instead of uh, staying up all night, just chain-smoking, throwing down white monster energy, weeping, uh, yelling off the balcony, staying active in every single Discord chat and chasing those red notifications because it's the only dopamine drip I could get. And each one of those just led to more people going like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what's happening? So I'm glad that after New ha Hampshire, there seems to be less, what the fuck is this? What's happening? Yeah. You see that not only there's a woman on uh, TV, MSNBC was doing their like smarmy like, oh, what do you think, swing voter? And she was like, the way you treat Bernie Sanders is so beyond the pale. You know, it just seemed like everyone was against him. So I decided I needed to give give him a listen. And you know what? I think he's the kid. I didn't make my mind up till today. But I went with Bernie, and that was what put me over, that all of you seem to hate him. Yeah, she was like, I listen to MSNBC, MSNBC every day, which, please don't do that to your brain, lady. My dad actually watches MSNBC every day. And last night, he was like, you know what? I was watching it, and... I I think I was with Warren for a while, and and you know I thought Biden could have held people to together, you know, but I don't think he has it. But it's just you know they're so shameless about not wanting Bernie so much, you know. It makes it seem like he's, you know, they're worried he's actually going to do something. Yeah. And so I'm a Bernie guy now. <laughs> it's like hell yeah, thank you, MSNBC. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad was literally just like, I mean, look at it. It's Michael Steele and Rahm Emanuel and and Claire McCaskill. The, oh, Claire McCaskill was on that panel. That that's God. right. That was the other one. But yeah, he's just like, why are these people on? I thought these guys were the enemy, right? Yeah. Aren't these the people that were holding up all of our our progress in in Congress and and running people with the blue wave? Why are they weighing in every single time after every single debate? And yeah, good point. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's why I, I've gotten to the point now where we did this for Iowa because I was getting so frustrated with MSNBC. So I switched over to Fox News. 
and now I just switch back and forth because Fox News at least finds it funny when Bernie wins because they like watching the Democrats freak out. So they're very entertained and they just cover it normally as like, oh, well, Bernie won again. Good for him. That's cool. And any Democrat they bring on, like the DNC hack that they had on last time was a dude who's a literal former CEO of an investment bank, right? And so they just kept needling the guy and going, I bet you didn't donate to Bernie. And the guy was like, no, I, he wouldn't take my donations. They're like, oh, you mean Bernie hates you? All right, well, you know, that's fair. <laughs> it's it, just like, you know, it's, <laughs> I, it's some weird horseshoe theory where again you watch msnbc or even cnn and you're just like my god wolf blitzer (laughs) yeah just size (laughs) wolf blitzer like looks at the nerd with the board the same way have you ever you ever have like a pet turtle or fish or something and they know that the the shaker thing is food and so when you raised over the tank they'll start to come to the top because they know it's feeding time yes but if you do it with like a piece of bacon they don't recognize it's food so they just stare at you like something's (laughs) happening but what the fuck is it that's wolf blitzer every time they go to the board on cnn (laughs) what's great about fox news is they're doing the the hannity and combs thing again which is they bring on the dumbest liberals possible, which at this point are now all former Hillary for America technocrats that yeah. are like DNC flax. People that said like mega you know, donors that that Hillary would have beat up Gandhi if she ever met him like those. <laughs> actually, that's probably true. That, one, <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, that, that, I would I'd read that article and nod and go, like, I'm going to do more further research on this. <laughs> author. But you know what I meant? Yeah. But they bring them on Fox News and they do all the like flack talking points that Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes just bite down and suffer through. And then the Republicans there go, yes, well, clearly Bernie does better with people of color than anyone else. So why are they, why are Dems so loath to talk about the groundswell of <laughs> support away from traditional Democrats uh, among people of color? And it's like, yeah, yeah, g- get him, guy whose face looks like a wax figurine. <laughs> I don't know where the sound's coming from, not your lips, but get it out there. This is a message I want to hear. What I think is so interesting about Fox News is how do they do the pivot? Because right now, in a Dem primary with Sanders, they're making a lot of hay and getting a lot of ratings from, you know, reusing their previous essays. So they have all the stats. The anchors have all the stats about, like, you know, uh, with the under 45 crowd, socialism has a higher Q score than capitalism as an ideology. Well, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders is one of the, I think he is the most popular congressman in America. Why are the Dems so afraid of uh, not getting, why are they so afraid of getting behind a, a popular movement candidate? You know, this is kind of the, uh, the blue wave everyone was looking for, right? You got the young people, you got the yep. demographics that, that the, the, certainly the Democrats have been looking for for a while. Why aren't you getting uh, behind this, this, broad swath of momentum that Bernie is currently riding and they're hammering the Dem guests and owning them with that as they should over and over. But what happens when it's Bernie versus Trump and they've essentially been advocating for Bernie for all these reasons, you know, he's got a long record of trust. I I wonder how they're going to suddenly go like, okay, but you know, he, he is, yeah, no, that's what they're going to do. They're just going to scream about socialism. I'm worried. I'm worried that the damage might be, Oh, like they might be. they might already have pulled too many people. 
I, I, I worry oh, about absolutely. Fox News because if Bernie, <laughs> if Bernie actually does a populist message and you pull over the people that care about basic human suffering and economics, mm -hmm. and the no hopers, there's just no hope for them. A lot of the Fox News audience is dying out of their demographic. Like oh, yeah, they Fox know that News, it, they're sort of like an oldies station. Remember Brett growing yeah. up because me and you were fucking ancient. Yeah, Magic one hundred two point seven. I remember <laughs> yeah. used to be like fucking whatever music ricky ricardo from i love lucy made <laughs> that's the sort of music that magic 102.7 was doing and then it was like frankie valley in the four yeah. seasons and i was like who's this coquettish young lady I, i'm gonna download some pics of her later on my 14th form modem <laughs> and i'll be honest she looked good uh then it got to like you know elvis and then the 60s all of a sudden i was like why are leonard skinnerd on oldies and i realized oh it's because i'm fucking dying <laughs> and nobody gives a shit about ricky ricardo anymore because they're all dead yes. or doing podcasts as a midlife crisis and making references their listeners won't get in either case they're not listening to the oldie station unless you put some skinner in there and fox news has the same issue i remember there was the larry kudlow era for a while sort yeah. of like gordon gecko business wing uh, I, I was in OMB in the Reagan administration and me and Geraldo here really know what's going on. And that sort of went tea party for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it just went full birth certificate, psycho Trumpism, yeah. right? It's had to constantly convert. Well, what happens when Trump is no longer the president? What does Fox news do? Where do they go? I genuinely don't know. That's an internal fight that they're having Rupert Murdoch, one of his sons, because they, they keep swinging back and forth. That's how they got out all the sex pests. The son was like, we should start moving a little bit away. And then Trump happened. And they went, I guess we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we should get away from the, the sexual assault stuff. And then the president was grabbing by the pussy yep. guys. They're like, all right, we can put it off for a couple <laughs> more years. Pretty much. Yeah. They don't know either. They are also trying to figure this out. It's very funny to watch. It's just a vote. Guys, should we should we just postpone all the uh, the, the growth on the sex pestery? And it's just a, a up and down vote on gender lines. <laughs> <laughs> so that is to say 98 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so watching Fox News has been interesting. I'm, I have no idea what to expect from Nevada, but I'm, I'm interested to see how the South goes uh, more broadly because I think, well, I know you're really into... You think the, the potential of the South in going blue, not um, the South was originally blue, right? Yeah. But, and I guess they're not going blue now because we don't want them to be Dems. We want them to be literally socialists, but yes. you see way more. It's funny because most people, I feel like think there's no radicalization potential in the South or they think so the much. answer is, you know, once, once you've read enough books and, and gone to enough college courses that you can read the original theorists, then then you'll have sufficient education to begin a revolutionary project. But before that, you don't know what the fuck you're doing, right? You might fuck off and start a brewery instead of a revolution. I mean, it, the South is one of those things I think about a lot. So we now think like the South is and the Southwest are like purely red states, right? And it's been a slow process to get there. Like, yes, a lot of places were lost when the Dems stopped being racist, but they still mm. held... They still held a ton a big of big asterisk on them start being yeah sorry when Dem they stopped being explicitly aggressively racist and their and platforms. even still but Bloomberg yeah. uh, ran stop and frisk forever so uh, that's fair when they stopped screaming slurs we'll say uh, basically desegregation yes that lost them some southern states but they kept a ton 
even after that for a long time until they abandoned all the workers and that's when all they lost that's when they finally lost west virginia was pretty recent actually for all that we think of it as like a perfectly republican state west virginia stayed dim for a long fucking time because of workers but what's really interesting now is because the dims have abandoned it for so long if you win as a leftist in the south you don't have to fight the party to pass stuff you win a primary against somebody who either isn't going to run from the dnc or is a really shitty opponent because if they were a good opponent they would have moved to another state right if they actually stood a chance uh the dnc would move them elsewhere and give them money so you're going to fight a what is going to be an easier primary and then when you get to the Republicans, that's the real fight. If you beat them, though, you just get to pass bills. You just get to do things. Kansas City, which uh, straddles both Kansas and Missouri, not states that are particularly lib or have a huge Democratic uh, presence anymore. They elected a bunch of new city council members and a new mayor in 2018. And now they have a tenant's bill of rights that they just passed. They had just passed free transit for the whole city. I'd fucking love that in literally any other city, but Kansas City is the first to pass it because they don't have to deal with the Democratic machine fighting them when they get in. Versus Seattle, you get a socialist uh, councilwoman in there, and then the Dems themselves fight her at every step of the way. They run and they go, well, I'm also progressive and I care a, little, a lot about LGBTQ issues, but I think we should let Amazon do what they want in our town. And like that's so you're fighting every step of the way even once you've gained power because everybody else is virulently opposed to you doing stuff it's like larry krasner in philadelphia yes. where he gets in and then the machinery is just like whoa 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 come on exactly but in the south there are no there is no machine to defang you there's no machine to fight you the machine because they've so thoroughly abandoned the people of the south there's no machine at all yeah two and that's redounded to the the rights benefit, right? If the GOP oh, has always told people, ah, government can't do anything for you. And there's basically no opposing viewpoint. Like the Dems just simply aren't in Mississippi, Alabama, fucking Arkansas. If there's no Democrat there with an opposing view, then yeah, it does appear that government can't do anything. So at least the Republicans aren't lying to you. Exactly. Right? And even when Democrats do show up, They've decided to invest in your podunk community with some star-studded candidate, or the D Triple C has decided this is centrist enough to back. Yep. Here's John Ossoff for you. All of the reforms that this guy's going to bring when they get in, they do nothing because they're too interested in compromising with the state GOP, or they don't get in because nobody likes them in the first place, or they end up killing the progressive that had an interesting message that re resonated with you, and now the infighting looks like government can't do anything because Dems are the party of government, so fuck it, I guess the Republicans were right again. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing you get is the progressives who are running in those states because it's not a DNC backing, and because they're states without a ton of capital, they're almost always just workers, so they talk and sound like workers, which in the South is wildly important. Nobody... Nobody has any interest in seeing another motherfucker in a nice suit spewing empty platitudes at you. No one fucking cares. Things are horrifying here. Talk about real shit or get yeah. the fuck out. And if the leftist shows up and talks about real shit and says, fuck this system, it's bullshit. Yeah, no, that plays pretty that, well. That was the whole tragedy of sort of the Democratic Party abandoning labor. Look, the, the South is a terrible place. It's an absolutely terrible place. It pretty much always has been. Uh, don't go down there. Even the animals, the heat, everything there <laughs> is poisonous and will kill you and is awful. Right. But that creates a status quo 
of shit's fucked up. And that creates an electorate that is fairly game if you're willing to attempt to reach them. Yep. They're, they're more volatile. They're more willing to hear you out. They're not going, well, I don't know about that. In incremental. Well, we don't want to rock the boat, not when the markets are performing. Well, a trade deal right now. They're like, shit's fucked up. What can you do for me? And when it used to be a choice where you could be one of three things, racist guy, where you're just like, it's black people. That, that's why everything sucks here. Or you could even be just worker guy, which is because the fucking bosses are ripping us off and carpetbaggers and all yep. that, which like, you know, mixed history there. But being class guy who thinks the boss is ripping you off, at least you're approaching truth. I and mean, then you can, ripping you off. And then you can be a uh, uh, racist class consciousness guy and fucking that has value too. Subscribe to Come Down. <laughs> <laughs> But when it was race and class and all of a sudden the people preaching class and workers' rights vanished and stopped supporting actual labor, of course everyone is going to be a dumbass racist. They've crippled the education system there. Most people are learning things from fucking George Norian coast-to-coast AM. Like yep. it, It's a rough place. They'll <laughs> respond to the message, but you actually have to give them an alternative other than absolute psychotic chaos. Yeah, I mean, yes, the South is terrible, but... That's partly because absolutely no one, including the Democratic Party, has given a fuck to invest in it and try to make things better. When they do run candidates, they run candidates who are the most clear mercenaries around. They go, well, I will adjust my policies however I want, which everyone in the South sees what you're doing. We're like, we're not fucking stupid, but you give me an angry person who hates a boss. I bet you they get some votes and they do. It happens consistently. So that's why I want to see bernie in the south because it's going to be fascinating to watch and it'll lift up some of those other leftists who are running in the south and those people can actually improve things when they get in power because it's not new york they don't have to then fight a fucking entrenched machine when they get in place they can just go do good things yeah southern leftists are killers i like, love them i they, love all of them they god bless all of they organize the hell out of their communities because god knows no one else is coming <laughs> But yeah, so I'm fascinated to see what happens with Bernie in the South. This is also why I remain convinced, and I'm just going to say this now for posterity. If he makes it to the general, he will pull at least two or three southern states that have been red for ages because no one is expecting it. I actually think he might take for West Virginia. Well, I'm going to mark that down right now. I mean, maybe we're, we might be too optimistic, but whatever. Like in the whole history of socialism, there's been about four times to ever be optimistic, and we might actually be in one now. <laughs> so fuck it, boys. Like, let, let's, let's go for it. But no, I, I think Bernie could win the South just because, I mean, if you look at messaging alone, right, this is something me and Brett were talking about the other day briefly, which is just like the Democratic Party has essentially become a theocracy. Like it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> a religion of rules and rites and rituals and certain words you have to say correctly otherwise you're, you're out of the tent like it's a whole it's a whole dogma yeah. right but it doesn't speak to the actual world and material conditions in any meaningful way yeah. so when you go to like people in the south and go like who by the way uh religious people generally and go what if right we offered you no coherent view of the world but a million tiny rules that you'll never quite be good enough to satisfy. You'll always, <laughs> it'll feel like you're eternally 
uh, on the outside looking in, because obviously all of us here in the Democratic Party are having a great time. I'm sorry, you're poor, bootstraps or whatever. Uh, will means test your uh, social security, right? Mm-hmm. We'll give you all the dogma and no coherent ideology, and you basically just have to follow what we say because we're righteous and the enemies are the devil. And then the Republican Party, not so much dogma. There's really no rules over there, but they offer a metaphysics of yeah. reality. They say, here's how the world works, right? And there's sheep, and then there's sheep dogs, and there's the wolves, and there's not enough to go around, right? And it's nothing wrong looking out for yourself and your own. You'd protect your family, right? What about your community? <laughs> Isn't that a family? Now, don't you want to keep your community how it is? Like, they present, for better or worse, an analysis of reality. Yes. So in that regard... Bernie speaks their language. Bernie actually has a class analysis that is very easy to understand that he's been consistently preaching. More and more people are coming around to it. It says the problem is not the color of the people around you. It is the class of them. Because class in your day-to-day is what's actually ripping you off with wage theft. It's what has usurious interest rates on your fucking student loans. Is who's saying you can't get health care. That's a picture of the world that maybe they haven't been sold before outside of naked Trumpism, but tied with some actual critical thought and dogma through, you know, Marxist analysis. They, they might come around. Yeah. No, We're at absolutely. least telling a narrative. We're at least painting a picture. We're presenting a lay of the land that tracks with their lived experiences and isn't there just to scold them. There's a reason Catholicism's not huge in the South either. Because you know what Southerners like is some fucking passion. Yeah, they like passion, and frankly, they like the sort of doing good that makes you feel good. Yeah. And you know what? It. This is a, We're an a, emotional people. This is a pitch I have for Warren supporters as well. This is my Trump slash Warren supporter pitch. Just try Bernie Sanders out. It feels good to take care of other people. It feels good to be backing a candidate. Look, no candidate perfectly represents you, but it feels good to have a candidate who's like, you know, we should have more empathy. We should take care of other people. You know what? Maybe the person next to me isn't my enemy, and it's not zero sum. Maybe we're the richest nation on earth, and we can absolutely afford for at least the same level of medical care that people get in other points on the globe. The wealth tax, instead of having on the Warren side to be like, well, what if it was 1% for people over a very high tier? Just say, I like the wealth tax. It's okay to say it, right? Just yeah. say you want it Medicare for all. Don't be like, well, I want Medicare for all, but I worry, you know, with Merrick Garland unable to get to the Supreme Court and Gorsuch. No, just it feels great. Just say what you want politically. It's what Republicans do, right? So I say to the Republicans, just keep doing what you're doing. Say what you want, but let's pitch you a better version of the future first and then you'll very clearly sort yourself <laughs> it yeah. feels good to not have to constantly be like ah they're coming for us i'm living in fear i got four different caliber guns that i practice with every day on the firing range that takes up 95 percent of the lot on which i park my trailer <laughs> all my money goes to ammunition i'm constantly worried about ms-13 or maybe a caravan from honduras i don't even know there's too many things to keep up with <laughs> These are the same people that feel like a baller when they put a $5 bill in the offering tray at church. That $5 in the offering tray feeling you can get with Bernie Sanders and actually not tear down your community and alienate all your loved ones. You should just do it. It's great. feels great. feels amazing. And for libs, you get to actually support somebody who doesn't crumble. You know how good that is? 
To get a guy who doesn't fold feels fucking incredible. You, and look, he pisses off all the people you already hate. We hate them too. We hate them too. We, I fucking hate every scold on TV. Totally on the same page. Fuck those people. They are ruining society. You're right. I got an, on an elevator with an inspector the other day. And uh, we, we pass each other, you know, in the halls occasionally. And it was after the State of the Union. He went, that Trump, huh? And I went, yeah. And he went, powerful, powerful performance, majestic. And, and, <laughs> and I laughed because I thought he was doing irony. And I was like, this guy, he's got, he's got hidden gems in there. <laughs> And, and he's, I was like, and so I laughed and he's like, no, but he, he, you know, what did he say that was wrong? And I'm like, oh, well, I, I think a lot. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm a socialist. So, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's like, I, I would not have thought that. I'm like, yeah. So, you know, I, I like socialism, democratic socialism and, and Bernie and all that. And he went, but Pelosi, just going and rip, ripping the speech. What I mean, what was the point of that? And I'm like, 100%, buddy. <laughs> oh, he we hate like, her as much, if not more like, than you. He was like, you don't like Pelosi either? I'm like, oh, we hate her. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, she really is the worst. I'm like, I look, we're not, <laughs> doesn't represent us. <laughs> look, all the TV hosts that scold you, they also scold us, even for stuff we don't do. Like you're going to, you're going to fit in just fine. Now look, long term, you're, you're probably going to have to pick up a small, a couple small changes in habits, <laughs> but that's growth. You know, a small price to pay for insulin that you can afford. Yeah. In return, you won't die in the gutter, which you know, pretty fair trade. Unless I think. you want to, I mean, if you really want to, <laughs> that's actually an option that Bernie has already made available, uh, in his bill, but only for BTS stands. <laughs> <laughs> this is one army we need to defeat <laughs> <laughs> the south being emotional and like my people's being emotional people like usually we're angry yes but like it's just i'm gonna use the nice word who, and say, are, who are your people southern georgia and kentucky southern people but the the emotional thing is one of the things i think about a lot because especially with bernie the media the liberal media, CNN, MSNBC types, uh, love to get on and complain that Bernie yells too much, right? And that that he should be, you know, why can't he just sit in a calm manner and debate? And like, every, every MSNBC commentator is like a, a fucking Japanese movie Ronin, just like die with dignity and silence. <laughs> and it's it's so frustrating because like that does not represent my lived experience at any point. Uh, outside of the times I lived in D.C. and New York. Southerners will get passionate over literally anything. So, I, like, people start blood feuds over whose frog can jump the furthest. <laughs> we have a continuous debate going in my family over whether or not you can eat grits with sugar in them, if that's okay, if that's allowed, or if that's bullshit. My aunt cried at the NASCAR museum for a photo that she posted to Facebook. My mom still tears up if you bring up Robert E. Lee. A man who was never alive in her lifetime. I went to Lookout Mountain with the father of the girl I was dating at the time, and he took his hat off at a memorial for the soldiers of the War of Northern Aggression. <laughs> <laughs> These are committed people. You just got to give them anything to believe in. Yeah, we'll go fucking ape shit. It's what we do. Again, listen to Coast to Coast AM. Most of them believe in chupacabra still. <laughs> they just need anything. They're grasping for straws. We're, we're like natural shock troops. Just point us in a direction and let us fucking go off. Like, that's all we want. 
All I'm saying is give us anything it's to be fucking passionate like Brett's about. Brett's average Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's so frustrating because to this day, I do not understand how Northeasterners work because everybody's so buttoned up all the time and they just seem terrified of emotions of any kind. And I, I don't get it. And so when I watch MSNBC or CNN or like I see these pundits online be like, oh, I just I can't vote for a man who's that passionate. My brain does the exact opposite. It's like, oh, what? I can't vote for anyone non-passionate. Like, it's weird to me. Like, you're being creepy when you're doing that. Like, because liberalism is like trained conversion into becoming a cyborg. It, it's having so little threats to your reality that you don't feel any actual like adrenaline response ever. Because even if something goes slightly awry, you can just fix it by throwing more money. Do you ever think how easy life would be with tons of money? Oh, constantly. You're just like, oh, I'm running late. Okay, I'll just get a car. Uh, oh, damn, I need to do lunch. No, I'll just take one of my many outfits that I have in my walk-in closet. You know, like, and I'll pay somebody to do laundry while I'm doing that. Yeah, and, and then when you get to work, everyone's already got your, your food and drink ready. If you're Joanne Reed, you live a life that would make Xerxes blush. Oh, yeah. Not just because he'd find your homophobia abhorrent. <laughs> I'd also think your policies were a little racist compared to the... Actually, you know what? I'd take Xerxes on MSNBC. <laughs> replace replace Joanne Reed with Xerxes. The time has come. The time has come. more representation on these panels. I don't know what Xerxes is, but I fucking love it. And <laughs> I need more of him. Or them. Xerxes, I'm behind you. Joanne Reed, fuck off. <laughs> But yeah, so there, there's no actual, you know, there's something when like a family member dies. This is where when, yeah, real, real great comedy content here. But like when a, a family member dies, right, you feel like genuine grief. And that's why like older people, you know, adults can look at other adults and just the baseline of like, oh, so you've buried, you know, a parent, right? You've, you've had a kid or you've gone through some shit, right? Right. You've experienced some real loss, and it it makes you more empathetic to others. You you see the commonalities in you and every other human. But if you're like a psycho rich lib, you are sheltered from all but the absolute most essential pain. So, why would you get angry about shit like politics? That doesn't actually affect anything or hurt anyone. Like you're not afraid of it. Really, your only fear is presenting socially in your milieu in a way that breaks one of the rules. So of course a guy yelling is so offensive because yelling breaks the rules. We're all in it together, right? We're just having an intellectual discussion. And at the end of the day, you know, we could argue about healthcare, campaign finance reform, but we're all doing fine. So why do you have to be so loud and boorish? Yeah. The interpretation makes sense if you interpret liberals as having just slowly vampirized themselves until there's not a single drop of blood in them left. No real humanity, just full-on Gehenna. And they've managed to convince everyone in the party that it's the right way. It's just really like this small cadre of rich Northeastern wasps. And they've convinced everyone that like, yeah, feeling no feelings, being dead inside is the only way to live. So it's like, as a Southerner, it has never fucking made sense to me. The DNC reads like a Southern charm school. If you guys don't know, there are actual charm schools in the South. Yep. They teach you like posture, how to make conversation, how to go to a dinner, how to excuse yourself, all that sort of shit, right? All the rules of etiquette of basically white supremacy and the rules and etiquette uh, of polite white supremacy is almost perfectly uh, a match for the modern DNC. Yeah, it's almost one-to-one. -one. Nobody likes those people, even in the South. 
Except there's a bit where you're supposed to feel like genuine joy at seeing company and guests and treat them well. That, mm. that seems to be the one part they don't like. Well, you wouldn't uh, turn up to a party uninvited. And that's something that that uh, upstart AOC needs to learn. Because <laughs> a very good man with a great family, been in this town for a real long time, lost his job needlessly because she wanted to play, you know, congresswoman. So, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's do a, a, an article about Florida that we saw and we thought uh, you out, you guys out there probably don't know about this, but it's a very normal thing that happens uh, fairly regularly. And um, Brett, what is the thing? What's the headline here? Yeah, so Florida Reading Series. Uh, this one is called When Winter Hits Florida, Iguanas Fall from Trees and Maybe Onto the Grill. I like that they added the maybe onto the grill because the editor was like, when, when winter hits Florida, Iguanas fall from the trees. And on a Florida paper, they're like, that's not moving things. We all know that iguanas fall from the trees, but let's sex this thing up. <laughs> uh, what if we add some spice to the headline? Literally, we're going to have a recipe at the end of this month. <laughs> it's like the weirdest serious eats recipe where like it begins like I was alone in Morocco again. And it's like, wait, why the fuck? It's just coffee cake. I don't need all this. Love that Actually, shit. a recipe that ended in iguanas falling from a tree and onto the grill probably isn't the the weirdest thing on those sites no it's definitely not it's the people who started off with like well on 9-11 and then it ends up in a muffin recipe add one tablespoon certifiable yiff <laughs> i mean mario batali in his apology for sex crimes gave a recipe for cinnamon rolls so that's probably the weirdest one that was literally our favorite restaurant <laughs> i know it's just I'm going to cut to a, a cell phone video of you being like, I don't know what it is about this place, but they got something special in the air. <laughs> you love that restaurant. This isn't a joke. The spotted, it's had some of the best burgers. Yeah, that wasn't Batali. That was just his uh, sex crime protege. <laughs> she didn't, I don't think she actually did it. She just created an atmosphere with its own floor where celebrities could come in and do the sex crimes. Great. Really the Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> of the food world. But you know what? This time, she's a lady. <laughs> Gals, anything's possible. Jesus. Anyway, back to the article. Forecasters in southern Florida had warned a sharp cold snap could bring a high chance of falling iguanas. And that's just what happened. The National Weather Service's office in Miami says immobilized iguanas began falling from the trees after temperatures plunged into the 30s and 40s early Wednesday. Verified the iguana warning and the chill wind advisory. Definitely not your average day in South Florida this morning, NWS Miami said via Twitter after meteorologist Eric Blake posted an image of an iguana splayed on the ground. Okay, so here's the thing. South Florida especially is sick with iguanas. They are everywhere. Like everywhere. literally everywhere. everywhere. If you go to a public park, there's just iguanas. There's iguanas in the middle of the football field sunning themselves. There are iguanas on the bleachers cooking. There are iguanas under the bleachers in the shade are they cold-blooded is that why i don't understand anything iguanas do the reptiles yeah. but they just strut around they have a very irritating walk where <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like a sausage that has little toothpicks stuck out from it and then a hinge where their dumb claws are attached and they just sort of waddle around with their stupid tail in the air i don't like the fact that they're dangerous i wouldn't mind them if they were like squirrels where they're just sort of a strange creature and their tail is silly no one's ever been attacked by a squirrel. And if they were, they probably fucking deserved it. <laughs> Iguanas can whip their tail around bullwhip style. I don't know if everyone knows this and actually like fuck you up. Oh, yeah. You can get really fucked up by an iguana tail and the iguanas get big. They are like <laughs> Joe Rogan kettlebell size. <laughs> 
you, you're not yeah. hitting your your max reps with some of these South Florida iguanas because they're just eating fucking gas gas station hot dogs and meth all day. <laughs> they are everywhere. Last time I was home, uh, I was at my dad's place. Uh, I went into the, the back area there. You know, it's it's like Florida, so houses don't even really have the, the rooms don't even have names. It's just like back area, <laughs> den area, where I keep my tools, <laughs> where the <laughs> down by the washing machine, right? So I, I go out to the machine with like a handful of clothes. Like, why put it in the hamper? I'm just, I can all carry it here. And I turn the corner and there's just fucking six foot of <laughs> just <laughs> giant. I'm talking like make a fist thicker, right? Just laying across the washer, right? Staring out the window. I walk in, I'm like, oh, because I'm, I'm just back from New York, right? I'm washing my- It's a big right? ass like, iguana. And it just turns from the window in the sunlight, just it casual, like slowly, like turns its head to me and just looks at me like, fuck do you want? <laughs> and you know what? Nothing. I took my laundry and I <laughs> fucked right off. <laughs> I saw him outside later. We didn't even make eye contact. <laughs> They're horrible. Warnings of a chance of falling reptiles were issued Tuesday afternoon as Southern Florida entered the worst of what member station WLRN predicted would be the area's coldest weather in two years. This isn't something we usually forecast, but don't be surprised if you see iguanas falling from the trees tonight as lows drop in the 30s and 40s, the NWS Miami office said Tuesday afternoon. As somebody who's done weather, one of my favorite things about it is that depending on what region you're in, you have to know the bizarre interactions of weather and local flora and fauna of like, Hey guys, the wind's going to kick up. Also, there's pollen everywhere, so it'll get in your face. Watch out. Because people will ask you about that. Like, that's an actual thing. So it's just delightful to me that the Florida forecasters have to both know about hurricanes and iguanas. What a delightful place. Yeah, being a weatherman in the South must be great. I'm looking at, there's an image in this article uh, from Eric Blake, who's like the weatherman down there. And there's a picture. It just says, verification of the Miami iguana warning. Well, that boy ain't going nowhere. Young one couldn't take it, parentheses. Might be dead. <laughs> and then it's like just the parentheses. It's just a, a gross picture of just a big-ass iguana like laying by the road. It's like, <laughs> thanks for sharing that, Eric. <laughs> it's, this is not an appealing 149 likes. 74 people are talking about this. I assume they're saying, why the fuck are you posting this? I've not been presented with something so unappetizingly green and scaly uh, since reading the deposition about Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so the article continues. Uh, when iguanas are stunned by the cold, they often simply stop moving in trees or fall. Reports of those unusual sights poured in Wednesday morning as people took photos and video of iguanas lying motionless on the ground, many of them with their legs in the air. Always nice to hear from my exes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they're doing well. Yeah. But despite appearances that they might be dead, many popsicle iguanas will simply revive and walk off when the temperature warms up. The last time iguanas were massively immobilized by cold air in Florida was two years ago, when a winter storm blasted through Florida. Experts say large iguanas are more likely to survive the cold, and they warn that even if the animals aren't able to move their limbs, they can still deliver a painful bite if handled carelessly. Florida has somehow begun naturally selecting for fatness in iguanas. <laughs> <laughs> Only all, the fattest shall survive. All of a sudden, our, our, our origin story makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Iguanas have the nickname Chicken of the Trees, and there are reports in Miami that culinary-minded people began seizing the opportunity for to grab 
to grab and even sell iguanas that fell from trees. No, that trees. was them. That was them speaking in the local Fort Lauderdale patois. <laughs> hey, I, I, I seen you got that dead iguana. Are you are you forward to grab that for yourself? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll fry that baby up. <laughs> I, I a little love bit of oil. <laughs> I, I've never heard someone describe someone who's hungry and doesn't have enough food as culinary-minded before. <laughs> yeah, the iguana is the fruit of the avenue. You can barbecue it, boil it, <laughs> broil iguana. There's uh, iguana kebabs, <laughs> iguana crayole, <laughs> iguana gumbo, pan-fried, deep-fried, stir-fried iguana, pineapple iguana, lemon iguana, coconut iguana. You, you get the idea. <laughs> yeah iguana salad iguana <laughs> potatoes <laughs> iguana burger that's all the ways you can eat iguana well not all of them tacos anyone author in miami herald columnist oh that Carl would be a good one all right i've had iguana it's pretty good actually it does it does taste good yeah you know what all the weird stuff like gator gator tastes, tastes normal great. it tastes normal that meat tastes basically a handful of ways it tastes normal and it's extra good because I've almost been bitten multiple times. So fuck them. Yeah, look, it, every time I can both enjoy a meal and get vengeance, that's a good time. That's why I love eating pussy. Here's the thing, everyone's look everyone is looking up to the rooftop right now and I'm already gone. Oh There's a cut God. to me. I'm on the train with a briefcase. Oh You'll never find me again. <laughs> uh, oh, where was I? Uh tacos, anyone? Author and Miami Herald columnist Carl Hyasin tweeted Wednesday, citing a report in the Herald that said iguana meat was available on the Facebook marketplace. Hyasin added, as Dave Barry says, you can't make this stuff up. Please send your fried iguana recipes to him, not me. As Ron McGill, communications director for Zoo Miami, told NPR in 2018. That is, I want Ron McGill doing communications for Zoo Miami. <laughs> I don't need to know. Any, I hope they looked at the resume, only line one, they went, Ron McGill. They called him in. He walked in. They went, yes, and they just put him on comms. I want a guy in a safari shirt that says McGill 100% of the time. As he told NPR in 2018, one man in Key Biscayne seized on the chance to harvest some iguanas, evidently hoping to recreate a Central American meal. McGill said, and in Central America, iguana is a delicacy. It's something they're actually farmed for food. So the gentleman just thought, wow, I just have a bunch of protein here. He's on Key Biscayne. He's sort of picking up all these iguanas that appear to be dead on the road that had fallen out of the trees. They turn gray and we're not moving at all and very cold to the touch. And he put them into his vehicle. He's loading them up like he was stocking up for a big barbecue. When they went back into the vehicle, the vehicle warmed up and those iguanas started coming back to life. And all of a sudden they started getting up and running around in the car and it caused an accident. Uh, just a quick note. They don't come back to life. The, his, the, the car of a man in Key Biscayne is not the Lazarus pit. They didn't, they didn't become resurrected. They were fucking hibernating because it was too cold. They put me in the backseat of a car. Jack, I'm going to come alive. The Joe Biden of iguanas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is genuinely like terrifying. That, that's like every, car every slapstick movie scene where someone springs to life in the backseat. Only it's not a person, it's as many iguanas as you could pick up off the road and shovel into the backseat. That's chaos. That's a real problem. I'm just imagining a sequence in Jurassic Park with Newman in the car with the, that lizard and just like 80 of them. That's what I think of when I see iguanas. Yeah, no, so do I. That's way Fuck too em. similar. Fuck them. Terrifying. I don't like them. People that keep them like pets, I have more respect for people that 
keep roaches as pets. Which, by the way, always white girls. It's always white <laughs> girls. Like you go, if you put like roach pet into Instagram or something, it's just extremely weird white girls. And no, that's that's <laughs> that's that's all I can think of. But at least that's like sort of exotic, and it's just like, look, I'm sort of confronting fear here. Iguana is just like fucking gross. Go wash your hands. Florida and its iguanas are now through the worst of it, as southern Florida is now warming back up a bit. And forecasters say that while some areas along the coast could see a spot of rain, iguana rain, chances drop to near zero by this afternoon. Florida has no love for green iguanas, an invasive animal whose burrowing has been blamed for threatening infrastructure such as seawalls and sidewalks. Uh, yes, I know that's news to everybody. Florida does have some infrastructure, and it's being destroyed by iguanas. God bless our revolutionary iguanas. They're basically... <laughs> They're returning Lauderdale by the sea. The Anprim iguana. Into the, the sea. <laughs> uh, they can also be a nuisance to homeowners, eating everything from flowers to bird eggs. In the summer of 2018, the Associated Press reported that iguanas were infesting South Florida. Last summer, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission issued a news release that encourages people to kill iguanas, saying they don't need a permit or license to do so on public lands. <laughs> you can just, they're like Nutria in New Orleans. Yeah. Like you can just fire guns at iguanas. Just run up and punt them, samurai sword them. That's nobody gives a fuck about them. This this is my actual one of my favorite things about conservation and uh, groups is that at a certain point they go like, "Please murder this animal for us." I'm we're, we're begging you, kill the animal. Look, this, my my home is my fortress, and you will not be getting my bird eggs, which is apparently <laughs> such a problem. <laughs> Uh, they go on to say, green iguanas are not protected in Florida except by anti-cruelty laws and can be humanely killed on private property year-round with landowner permission. Yeah, it's humane. It's, it's the sword of a ronin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of an expert on conservation because I've listened to all the, the Steve Ranella episodes of Joe Rogan Experience. Uh-huh. That's, that's as good as going to college for zoology in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what they teach when you come in. It's just a guy doing a gorilla kettlebell being like, <laughs> check out these YouTube videos. That's basically learning. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's the end of the article. Um, eat iguanas, y'all. And if the listener uh, wants to eat an iguana bread, how, how should they go about uh, doing that? Uh, I would do an iguana guava barbecue. So you grill it with a guava barbecue sauce that I've used for ribs and stuff. It would go really nicely. So yeah, I grill them with guava barbecue sauce. All right, someone do that and take a picture. I bet someone will. They're all psychos. <laughs> All right, all thanks for listening. This has been Brad at Real and Less Board. It's Rob at Dumb and Awful. Please follow the show account at Dumb Awful Show. Uh, if you want to rate and write us a review, we'd appreciate it. Only incomprehensible reviews, please. Uh, if you want back episodes, uh, go to Patreon. We have all of them up for you, um, including additional content and stuff where I send out food sometimes when I am just baking a lot because that's who I am. Or if you just want to come in and bullshit with us, we also have the Discord. So uh, thanks for listening, y'all. See you next time.